if you have very good standardized uh, curriculum, mm. any teacher can basically teach, uh, 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 give the quality education in school if you have very standardized education system. And that was the choice uh, that the UK, for example, and many other European mm -hmm. countries followed that. And basically they lowered the level of the teacher education yeah. because you don't need to do that. You know, you invest on, on materials and uh, uh, curriculum and then testing and testing and testing drill and you know whether they get uh, on the level or not and that's it. Finland made a different choice. You know, uh, we uh, upgraded the level of the teacher education to master's level and then we gave... Good afternoon everyone. Our first episode for the year 2020 and I think we started out on a high note. Um, if you know anything about the Finnish education, you know they are the star and the example that everyone all over the world looks to. Um, and today we have someone who has lived through that experience, both as a student and as an education practitioner. So we'll just have him introduce himself. Hello, hello everybody. My name is Jyrki Pulkinen. I'm the ambassador of uh, Finland to Nigeria, Ghana, Benin, uh, Cameroon and ECOWAS. I'm based here in Abuja. Wonderful. Thank you for that introduction. Um, so I want to jump right into it and just talk a bit about the Finnish education system. Mm. Um, but I want to go back maybe 20, 30 some <laughs> odd years um, and talk about what was the context um, around the Finnish economy and society um, that led to some of the revolutions we've seen in the Finnish education system. Well, you know, I wouldn't actually speak about a revolution uh, when we speak about Finnish education system. Uh, uh, for example, the compuls compulsory uh, education, primary school education, uh, have been there already 100 years. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> and before that, you know, that uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, of a lot of development in, in hundreds of years already. So, uh, already in 16th or uh, 17th century, uh, uh, Finland was, uh, because of the religion background, you know, uh, uh, the, the Finnish religion always appreciated reading and writing, writing. so, uh, so uh, there were kind of, uh, kind of public education uh, existing that people actually could uh, read and write uh, when they, they were young. And also uh, later on, 17th, 18th uh, century, uh, uh, you couldn't actually get married, you know, if you couldn't read. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's a good, good incentive, incentive for, for young men, especially, to, to, uh, to uh, learn reading. Yeah, so uh, it has been basically quite a long, uh, long process. Wow. Uh, but of course, the, uh, there are some specific decisions that Finland has been doing in the last, ten, let's say, 100 years to get here what, where we are at the moment. Wonderful. Mm. That context is why we have this conversation that you cannot mm. get married. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> should we should we try that in in, yeah, in Nigeria? So. <laughs> so let's talk about what happened, um, maybe in the more recent history, um, that led mm. to the celebration of Finland's education system, maybe in mm. the past 30, 40 years, mm. um, and talk a bit about what society looked like then and what propelled some of the experiments which we've usually heard about change in how um, classes are organized, change in mm. who the teachers are and all of those experiments. Yeah. Well, maybe the, the, the last, uh, you know, uh, the latest uh, developments that uh, I want to refer here is that, you know, when I was young, a young boy, that's a long time ago, <laughs> I'm getting old. So, but you know, when I was young, uh, uh, we did have a, a kind of a mandatory education, primary education, but you know, that was changing while I was in school in a way that, uh, that uh, 
it was uh, uh, set up from seven years to nine years. Mm. So it was uh, uh, primary and then uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, lower secondary was mandatory. So I, I think that was the first step uh, in industrial Finland that, you know, that uh, really, uh, uh, because it was mandatory for everybody, so it uh, equalized the society mm. that everybody, even the poor people, uh, could send their the children to school. And uh, then, you know, uh, at my time also, uh, there was mandatory food, uh, lunch in school. So okay. uh, even the poor people who don't ha didn't have uh, money for food at home could actually have their children very well fed uh, in school. Yeah. And that's also good motivation for, for parents to put the children to school. So, um, and the and, and third one, I think that was uh, that uh, uh, there was a very uh, strategic decisions how to educate our teachers. So you know, uh, whatever you think in school, you know, a teacher is the main person there to organize Definitely. everything. So we made some changes in our teacher training, something like uh, uh, maybe uh, 40 years ago, um, when we believed that you know that educa uh, the education level of the teacher must be very high. Mm. So the the seminars, teacher seminars, were joined to universities, and the teacher training level was master's level. Mm. So uh, now basically all the teachers have master's level education before they go to school to teach. Mm. Interesting. So mm. what informed that evolution? Now, we, a lot of the neighboring countries like the mm. Netherlands, and they also started the compulsory nine years education, uh, mm. which was uh, primary and mm. junior secondary. Mm. Um, but for the part about the teachers, which is where Finland sort of stands out, mm. uh, teachers having masters, what informed that decision? What was going on in society? That that well, decision? you know, basically in, in education, you know, if you look at, at, at the state level, you have two, two ways of doing it. Uh, even you have nine years of compulsory uh, education. Uh, mm. Basically, you can think that, okay, if you have very good standardized uh, curriculum, mm. any teacher can basically teach, uh, 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 give the quality education in school, you know, if you have very standardized education system. Mm. And that was the choice uh, that the UK, for example, and many other European mm -hmm. countries followed that. And basically, they lowered the level of the teacher education yeah. because you don't need to do that. You know, you invest on, on materials and uh, the, uh, curriculum mm -hmm. and then testing and testing and testing children, you know, whether they get uh, on the level or not. And that's it. Finland made a different choice. You know, uh, we uh, upgraded the level of the teacher education to uh, master's level. And then we gave flexibility for teachers to create their own curriculum at the school level. Oh, wow, okay. So uh, we believe that you know, if the teachers are, are the masters of education and the methodologies, why they are also not masters of putting the curriculum together together with the parents mm. and the local, uh, local authorities at the schools. So the education is more localized. Mm. And it's more uh, tailor-made for the children that uh, there are in schools because you know people have different children have a lot of different backgrounds. Yes, and they are interested on different things. So if the teacher can basically personalize the education, and he's capable to do that, you know, uh, I think it's much better from the learning point of view rather than having a standardized methodologies and standardized uh, curriculum. That's that's a phenomenal mm. approach. Um, that's a phenomenal approach. Mm. Basically taking where you put the emphasis on mm. where resources should go mm. and putting it on the human factor. Like, I think it's now mostly agreed that mm. the teacher is the core and the key component to success in a class. I want to talk a bit more now about the role you played. Uh, you were 
you later evolved after primary school, you became a professor and you worked mm. on an interesting education technology. But before we get into <laughs> the uh, education technology, maybe talk a bit more about your role, the roles you played, and in those evolutions you witnessed, mm. um, what were some pivotal things you saw? Well, you know, I, as, as normally young people, they, they uh, go to some field by accident. So I also <laughs> entered it the education field by accident. I never planned it. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I was interested on on education and in uh, 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 the first uh, actually certificate that I, I got out from the university was a, a pre-primary education certificate. So mm. I was uh, I was teaching in pre-primary education oh, wow, uh, okay. you know, while I was studying at the same time. So mm. uh, it was really good introduction to understand uh, uh, children's learning uh, from the beginning you know, mm. when they are young, you know, mm. under school age. So, uh, and then I, I did my master's uh, after that, and I was really interested on management and also the, the tech, uh, role of the technology in education. At the time, actually, I also created my first uh, multimedia programs for children for, for how to learn uh, reading and writing. Do you want to talk it's a bit <laughs> more about that program? What the so program? It's, is kind of, <laughs> you know, it's kind of you know, multimedia. Uh, uh, it was said uh, at the time was, uh, what is that? Uh, 1889, 89, yeah, yeah. My own kids were very young, <laughs> and, and I used their voices on, on the multimedia. <laughs> so basically, it was kind of a, a learning environment, open learning environment uh, uh, on computer, where children could actually play with uh, with uh, uh, letters and the words mm. and the sounds, and uh, uh, you know, uh, and also could uh, uh, kind of. Uh, move by mouse, uh, the, you know those, and then create uh, uh, words mm. uh, from from uh, uh, letters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's kind of playground, and uh, so they could actually create stories and you know, uh, record some voice and uh, tell their stories on, on the book, you know, storybooks, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of you know. Uh, so basically, it was based on some of the research how uh, children can actually learn writing, reading, and writing. So. It's quite a, a, an introduction for me also to uh, computer-based uh, education and learning. So that was uh, my first attempt. Uh, I also made uh, one application for education management uh, at the same time. So, uh, so it's uh, basically full-fledged uh, program for teacher training college to uh, to keep the records of the students and the curriculum and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so i was just you know interested i have, to have no uh, background in uh, computer education <laughs> but i just wanted to learn you know that uh, how the heck this this machine actually can do <laughs> exactly what i want to, it, it to do so so that was my introduction to, uh, to uh, programming Interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. so uh, basically after that uh, you know, after my masters i was lecturing in education and also uh of course, because I was interested on computers, uh, the the uh, college uh, then you know, uh, selected me as 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 a uh, ICT responsible teacher or whatever. <laughs> you know that, so I had to also start teaching ICT for uh, ed, uh, for those students who were studying in the teacher training college. So uh, that made me thinking more holistically that okay what is the role of the computers and ICTs mm. in education what the teachers should know mm. and what the learners can do with the computer etc etc and, and then led to me to establish a research unit for education and technologies at the University of Oulu in uh, 1996 yes that's wow, a long okay. time ago again <laughs> So uh, it was, you know, we actually developed uh, education courses for uh, teachers, kind of uh, uh, continuing edu education course courses for teachers uh, on ICTs and education. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the same time, we also tried to develop a platform, online platform for uh, to take those courses. Mm -hmm. So uh, that also led me to, to create uh, one of the first 
uh, web-based learning environments uh, in the world and in the, in Finland as well at the time, wow, in the okay. nine, in late 90s. Uh, so a few years after uh, the World Wide Web was invented in uh, 93. So, so our platform was ready in 95. Wow. Yeah, so uh, it took me totally. I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> I was wow. totally hooked uh, in wow. technology. So. It's been said that teachers are the best learners, mm. right? They are the most curious people. They always want to pick up new mm. skills, pick up new things. Are you sure? Yes, <laughs> most teachers, most well, good you know, teachers. I know also teachers who, who just want to teach but not learn. <laughs> most good teachers. Yeah. Most, uh, good most teachers. of the good teachers, yes. You know, most good teachers uh, are... Yeah, are, are if, you, if you don't learn, you know, you can't basically teach the others you know, mm -hmm. properly, at least mm -hmm. that, is, that I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you would not understand sort of the rigor the rigor it takes to, mm. to learn a new topic or a new subject. Mm. Um, so in, in keeping in line with the um, education technology, how much influence, and there's been multiple research about how Finland doesn't use a lot of education technology in their primary and secondary school. Mm. So how much education technology or technology is being used in the Finnish education system currently as compared to the past? Well, you know, uh, uh, as I have been out from education quite a long time, I don't necessarily know exactly the latest figures, how much it is used. Most interesting question is, is, is more how it is used uh, rather than how much it is used. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that is also something that uh, uh, those times when we introduced ICT for teachers, uh, uh, most of the teachers say that at that, uh, that time that, uh, okay, it's, it's a nice tool, it can be used every now and then, but you know, it doesn't really change too much the education processes, or, so uh, it doesn't change the learning process. Of course, uh, the times have gone uh, uh, in different ways. You know, there are more and more applications for, for education purposes, uh, mm -hmm. uh, tailor-made for education as such, but also some other application mm -hmm and tools that can be, can be used in education, although they are not designed for education. Mm -hmm. so, so there are a lot of uh, choices nowadays. Uh, in the 90s, we had only a few uh, kind of you know, programs, and uh, of course, uh, email, uh, World Wide Web, uh, video conferencing was coming at the same time. That mm. was, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on video conferencing, face-to-face -face interactivity online, etc., etc. Uh, but you know, uh, the times have been Changing. Also, my wife, who is a teacher as well, you know, uh, at <laughs> the time I was developing first applications, uh, she said that, you know, that just forget it, you know, it <laughs> never fly. You know. <laughs> it's totally useless, you know, uh, so it's, it's uh, nothing to do with education. And uh, maybe after 20 years, uh, she was much more eager than me. <laughs> so I, I was getting critical at the time, you know, uh, no, but she was just, you know, pushing and pushing and, and she, she used a lot of computers and, and technology in mm -hmm. uh, primary education and that was uh, you know, uh, basically a few years ago still uh, that you know she was really eager to use technologies mm -hmm. now she's with me here so you know not teasing <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah. so so you say there's a there's a wild application of technology or at least yes components of technology yeah it's coming as everyday activity you, know, you don't necessarily think too much, you know, what is technology, which, you know, technology, you know, it is everywhere. So you have your, your tablets, you have your cell phones, you have your uh, video conferencing facilities, you know, that's, you know, uh, you know uh, can be used, you know, even uh, with children who happen to be somewhere traveling with their parents, they mm. could actually take part in some of the classes uh, while traveling, etc. So that's, it's, it can be organized. So the schools are well equipped and uh, the teachers are also quite, uh, they are quite well equipped with the skills. 
uh, at the moment. Uh, although, you know, uh, if you ask from them, you know, they don't know enough uh, at the moment to how to use it. You know, that's the, the uh, kind of you know, answer that you will get easily. Okay. And there was, I, you know, a long time ago, I also read a research, European research, saying that you know, it doesn't matter how much you train the teachers, they always say that you know, they will need more support <laughs> and they don't know enough you know, about <laughs> the thing. But you know, I, I think you know, uh, at the moment, what I have seen through my wife and through uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of the information that I get from schools, you know, it's quite widely used in Finland. But uh, again, it's something that uh, uh, kind of everyday activity is not emphasized, overemphasized, because technology can't solve some of the problems that you know we think that it could solve. You know, mm. because learning still happens in you know, uh, uh, between the people. Mm-hmm. So there must be a human interaction. Uh, it doesn't matter what technologies you are using, but you know it, it requires human interaction. That makes us human. Yeah. And you know, you, uh, you, you know, otherwise, you know, you can basically read everything from books. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, if you think that you know the the, 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 the learning is about reading and you know learning from somewhere else, but you know from not from interactions. Yeah, so. definitely. Mm. So I, I want to transition now into um, the change in the two tier system mm. that happened uh, with the new policy that came. Um, so Finland is heavily a services sector um, country, right? Mm. It depends heavily on humans, um, the services that humans provide, mm. right? And at some point, there was a change from the two-tier system. Um, by There was a policy change, right? If you can speak more to that. Well, you know, if, if you uh, are referring to the Finnish uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, industrial structure, that you know we are moving from industrial to a more service-based uh, society, uh, and so uh, of course that changed also the education context uh, in a way. Um, although I, I think you know the Finnish education, uh, at least recently, have been more and more connected to working life. You know, so it really doesn't matter what is other changes in the society and and. Uh, mm and uh, working life if the school is connected all the time so uh, so you are not totally separate institution from from the uh, from the rest of the society mm. so i think that uh, the, the latest development uh, uh, since, you know and uh, maybe 20 years now is that in higher education but also uh, lower levels of education uh, vocational education is more and more tied mm. to industry and working life you know mm-hmm. and, uh, services etc etc so the people actually get the skills already earlier mm-hmm. than the, pre, uh, the previous education system or they are more relevant mm-hmm. from the working uh, life point of view so i, I think that has been uh, uh, quite in, important uh, this is even the business you know uh, if uh, uh, if you think about business uh, uh, colleges and business training uh, uh, there are some s- such programs that you know all the studies are somehow connected to some of the businesses mm-hmm. so you can't basically do your bachelor degree uh, on business if you don't work together with the companies interesting so each of the study models you have to work with the company and then you know so it's practice and theory is is uh, really practice and theory in a way that you know that you need and the students must actually uh, get those contacts by themselves mm. the school doesn't organize them you know school doesn't send them to, so they have to go in the world and and uh, talk with the businessmen organize uh, programs or, or uh, kind of case studies for them and, and then with those case studies they come back to classroom and mm. you know, then they can do their the, the studies so it's very much connected to uh, the working life interesting um I, I definitely noticed from my interaction with students in in finland um the 
interdisciplinary nature mm. of one the higher education yeah. mm. um, and how much how it's tied to I remember talking to a Finnish student who was telling me about the project she was working on mm. and it was for the local government and the challenge that the local government mm. in a community had yeah. and that was their project yeah. and what they came up with was giving back to the local mm. government as yeah. a proposal mm. right proposed solution so I think that's that's completely brilliant mm. but also what you talked about is in terms of the change of the policy where technical education was brought in a bit earlier um, yep. and yep. made, yep. I don't know if you want to... Yeah, yeah. so, uh, uh, you know, traditionally we had kind of uh, uh, the technical education was a little bit separate from, from uh, higher education. Uh, so it was, it was kind of, you know, semi-higher education. Mm-hmm. You know, we had uh, technical colleges as the highest, highest level of technical education and then we had uh, vocational education. Now, basically, uh, when uh, children are leaving the, uh, the public education, uh, the... the uh, up, uh, upper secondary education, uh, whether they go to a, a kind of you know, more general uh, uh, academic career or more uh, vocational career, in the end of the day, they can continue uh, doing research and even PhD. So there's no dead ends, cul de sacs in both ends. And we develop kind of, uh, uh, university of uh, universities of uh, those uh, uh, technical colleges were upgraded to um, uh, kind of. Uh, universities of applied sciences mm. so uh, even the name was reflecting more that you know they are more academic rather than you know only uh, only technical so basically both from practical uh, channel or more theoretical you can end up to uh, even the uh, phd studies Wonderful. although the PhD studies are organized by universities but you know there is no 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 uh, uh, kind of dead ends uh, that you know basically the students can apply also for those studies interesting so, I think that's very motivating also that you know, when you are young, you don't necessarily know if you are interested exactly. in research or your practice. You can take uh, you know, whatever you are interested on that level, that, uh, that moment, and then you just continue as high you want. And of course, you know, both, uh, both are free of charge. You know, that in Finland, the education from the beginning uh, to the end is, is free of charge. Definitely. Mm. That, that part I really admire. <laughs> <laughs> truly admire. But that's also, you know, if, if you have only 5 million people in your country, uh, uh, you, know, you need all the brains. <laughs> you have to pick up all the brains, and you know the only way is that you know that uh, the equal society offers that mm-hmm. as, as a public good. You know that everybody who have some brains to contribute to education or science, they can do that, mm-hmm. regardless of of their background, their their the wealth, etc., etc. So. Mm-hmm. It's a part of our democratic system. Definitely, Mm. definitely. Very admirable. Um, So I want to talk about, just from your own observation and your interaction as a a lecturer in the universities, Mm. um, what are some of the policy changes that you observed that you thought worked and which ones did you think were totally wrong and um, made Finland retrogress in terms of education? Well, uh, I think those those changes in the policy that I already uh, told you about, you know, teacher education and mm-hmm. the curriculum and uh, uh, the local level uh, development of education, that those are they were all good, although they were criticized in the beginning. I remember very well that you know that uh, there were uh, people at the time that uh, say that okay. Uh, it's too much, too expensive uh, that you know we are providing all of that for for uh, for everybody uh, mm-hmm. at the highest level. So uh, I suppose at the moment, if you look the politicians, you know there are still some people who want to put kind of more uh, uh, more kind of uh, emphasis of uh, education as a business as well. That you know there will be some some uh, courses or some uh, levels of the uh, education that are. 
collecting uh, tuition fees. Mm -hmm. uh, they are not, uh, or no, they are more pub, uh, private ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I think that most of the people uh, believe that all those changes that we made on on uh, uh, creating a public good, uh, education as a public good, uh, where it's a majority uh, understand that that's, that was a good uh, decision. The bad decisions lately, uh, most probably last 10 years, uh, the huge cuts in education system. You know, uh, once we have been uh, struggling with some of the economic uh, kind of turbulences yeah. and downturns, uh, the last uh, few governments uh, with different coalition that uh, that is currently doing governments. So um, those governments uh, in uh, previous governments in the last 10 years, they have been cutting uh, billions from education. So uh, at the same time, uh, appreciating the good education system and good quality, high achievements, but saying that no, it must be cheaper. Mm. So uh, I think that is something that you know that uh, Finns haven't really not understood that you know that uh, if you cut from, from education and research and innovation, that will be uh, something that is very dangerous for Finland you know, mm -hmm. as being a small country and, and uh, so it's our competitiveness will go down you know uh, but hopefully the new government now uh, really appreciate that. But again, the criticism you know if you look the, the criticism in the uh, in the in the politics. Is that, that that you know that uh, you can put uh, uh, education uh, uh, resources to education only after they have kind of earned mm. from businesses, uh, and uh, so they don't really appreciate education as an investment. Mm. It's a cost. Yes. If it is a cost, you then uh, first you earn the money and then you uh, put it, it there. But if it is an investment, then you can invest even you know that you know you don't have money. You can take a loan and you can invest, and then you will then gain the money back uh, later on as, as as a return of investment. So, so that's I think that's something that you know uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the current discussion is is not uh, really. Uh, there might be some wrong decisions also in in the future that you know that if the cuts will continue. Yes, mm. interesting. Mm. Okay, so let's let's bring some of those learnings um, more into the context. Where in Abuja, mm. beautiful beautiful office here in Abuja. <laughs> um, what would you? What, what have you observed, right? Looking at the tr the Finnish education uh, transition or evolution, mm. of one with the making sure that the teachers are the focus and not mm. so much the content. Um, looking at some of the other things we've, we've discussed here, what would you say are some of the limitations that exist um, in Nigeria and Ghana mm. um, in terms of education? Well, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you just visit a school uh, in Finland and uh, in Ghana or uh, yeah, in Nigeria, you can see that, uh, that the first thing is the resources. Mm. So the uh, the uh, the invest. Although I say that you know, okay, the mistakes we have done is the cuts in education. You know, but you know, it's it's basically cosmetic cuts mm. compared to what uh, what the cuts are here in Africa in, mm. in most of the country. Uh, so uh, I, I think you know uh, it might be something like uh, one, uh, uh, you know, twenty or thirty percent of the need has been invested, you know, and mm. then maybe there is the gap is still like like eighty percent, you know, or mm -hmm. even ninety percent. Just like in in healthcare, I just read World Bank's report that in healthcare the gap is ninety percent. So only ten percent of the need has been invested in. Mm. Uh, so uh, in education is very much in line with that. That you know it's huge need on investments to education whether it's public investments or private investment but you know uh, it's a then decision of the policies you know whether you want to develop private or public education but it, that needs money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, resources 
And uh, secondly, of course, uh, that I have observed in many other countries. I've been living in Kenya and uh, South Africa also uh, for a few years and, okay. and did, done some education work over there. So uh, one is that the level of uh, uh, teacher education. So most of the teachers are at the level of upper secondary level mm -hmm. in Finland. So uh, uh, if you are a teacher here and then you look, you know, what you can do, what you have learned is the same level as a, a child in 16 years in Finland at the upper secondary school. So that's the, you know, and, you know, uh, we don't even think about putting a, a kind of, you know, a person only occasionally, if there's in a, a small uh, town, there's nobody else, and we can ask, that, okay, can you, a uh, young boy or the girl, come to subsidize you know, a teacher for one or two days? But, you know, seriously thinking, the, the person who have that level education is not a teacher. Mm. It's not a qualified teacher. Uh, but So uh, the, the investments also must go to teacher education, so that the teacher education be, must be professional teacher education. Once you have... Uh, and you know, even it's, it's. I am thinking more and more that you know that you know, if you put resources to to a kind of a buildings and uh, resources, even ICT, mm -hmm. if you don't have teachers who understand how to maintain and further develop those resources, how to utilize them for education, is is useless so investment. Mm -hmm. So the teachers' investments to teachers is basically equally important you know and, and uh, not separate from from the investments of the education so uh, so otherwise it can be based of of the investment mm. there's no return of investment <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah. i want to get your recommendation finland at some point decided we have to make this transition from being more of an industrialized nation mm. to a services nation because there are five mm. million people mm. everyone must be educated mm. um what would you say looking at um the information you have about mm. how things work and the population growth that's going to happen in Nigeria. <laughs> what would you say should be the focus? It can't be a services nation for definitely well, no, too many people. But <laughs> anyway, no, it, you know, as I said, no, it doesn't matter what is uh, what is your industry like. Uh, you actually have to connect your education to your your country and exactly. situation. So it, if it is a farm based, you know, then you connect it to farming. Yeah. But you know, also you know that in farming, you you have to know a lot of things uh, about farming. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a businessman who is farming, mm -hmm. of course, everybody can not everybody, but most of the people can grow food for themselves and their families and extended families. Mm -hmm. But if you see farming as as agribusiness then it requires quite high-level education. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, the, you know, if it's uh, manufacturing, that also requires a lot of skills, business skills, manufacturing skills, technical skills. Whatever uh, your society is, education must be basically in connection for that. And also uh, aim a little bit ahead that you know where the country is going. Mm -hmm. Not only facilitate what is happening at the moment, but also have a vision where do you want to go. Definitely. Uh, so the build uh, build a nation uh, in a way together with uh, with uh, uh, the fathers and mothers of the country, so <laughs> the politicians. You know, uh, so there must be a vision, you know, where, where to go. But can you imagine also you know, uh, if we have five million people and then we are one of the richest countries in the world? Yeah. If 200 millions of Nigerians who are well-educated, where Nigeria would then be? Hmm. It will be the superpower of the world. Definitely. Absolutely. And it can take one generation, basically, just like in China. Uh, think about China uh, uh, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. If it was poor as, as uh, Nigeria, uh, not educated, where China is now? Hmm. It's one of the superpowers. Of course, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, and, you know it's even bigger than... than uh, India the same, uh, and uh, Nigeria have all the same possibilities if Nigeria is playing the cards well. Interesting. Yes. So, 
I ask this question to all of our guests, um, and I'll tell you mine from the conversation we've, we've had. Uh, what do you believe about education that a lot of educators will not agree with you on? So, for example, when you talked about um, having teachers who are well-educated, mm. I actually wrote a paper recently mm. where I said, bring the graduates from universities and send them to go teach. Mm. You don't have qualified teachers. Mm. If you get the best students from the universities mm. and you make them the mm. teachers, give them the on-the-job mm. skill, right? Mm. As they are working, they are learning, yeah. right? And yeah. give them that that access. You might, mm. for the next five to 10 years, mm. solve the problem of supply of teachers while you're building yep. the base for teachers. But uh, no, basically, in uh, upper secondary school, uh, we have, uh, uh, most of the teachers have the academic career first uh, in some other topics like, like science or yeah. biology or technology, whatever. And then uh, they want to go for teaching. Uh, but uh, we have also experience from the previous times that you know if they just come from from that background to teaching, mm. they are failing oh, because really? they don't know how uh, learners are learning. They mm -hmm. might actually understand you know the technology or mm -hmm. you know subject very well, but you know they don't really understand how he or she would actually get the children to learn. Mm -hmm. It's not about teaching; it's, it's about getting children to learn. Mm -hmm. So then you need a kind of be a professional also on that. And, and that, that's why we developed kind of teacher, teacher models, you know, for those students who want to go to teaching after studying a few years of, of science or whatever. So there are models uh, that are then uh, giving the basic background of, of human learning mm -hmm. and, and teaching as a profession. So uh, if you organize that, yeah. then it works. Wonderful. Yeah, because you know we have to understand uh, that teaching is a profession, and it requires basic understanding on learning. Mm -hmm. um, I I, com mm. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. I I believe an intervention of a few days, you know, mm. honestly, just because of the sheer need. Mm. Um, so I visit a lot of the northern parts of Nigeria. Mm. Things are really good in Abuja. Things are really good in Lagos. <laughs> when you go to the northern yes, villages, know. you know, know. it's mm. it's a completely different story. Absolutely. And whatever it's. In my opinion, it's better to have someone who understands the topic. Well, uh, of, uh, if your choice is that you know that you know, <laughs> non-education and then having education at least is somewhat you know it's better. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. But you know uh, there is a challenge that you know that uh, even uh, even you know uh, if the person is very good in in some of the sciences, mm -hmm. uh, he can he or she can even make a harm for children uh, mm -hmm. by being uh, you know uh, uh, an adult that you know. Uh, uh, and, and treating children wrong. Yeah. So you can destroy young lives yeah. uh, mentally, basically. Even you are very brilliant in some of the topics. So, so there are uh, some aspects that you know you still have to do. You know before you put uh, teachers to education. So. What do you believe about education um, that a lot of educators would not agree with you on when you share that perspective about education? Well, I've been thinking that, you know, when I was uh, CEO of Chessy Global E-Schools and Communities uh, uh, Initiative in, in Kenya, yeah. and, you know, uh, then we, of course, believe that, you know, that uh, the ICT uh, in education is, is one of the solutions that, mm. you know, that can help. Of course, that's an extremely expensive exercise. If you, at the same time, think that, you know, uh, that education is equal, that, you know, you will get all the children to classroom building or mm. school building in the classroom and the computers are there. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we stick in our understanding how education must be organized, mm -hmm. 
schools and classrooms and you know, children uh, sitting in the in the desks and you know that listening what the teacher is saying showing the computer playing with the computer in school everybody must have the computer there there are hundreds of computers waiting that hundreds of children are sitting there so uh, it's a kind of you know uh, industrial time of education mm-hmm. so, it's extremely expensive mm-hmm. it's it's not even doable in countries like egypt or uh, uh, or uh, Nigeria, mm-hmm. where the uh, population is growing very fast, uh, you know, there's not enough teachers. Even yes. you know, there's not even enough schools to, to put. So, what is the alternative? You know, uh, no, uh, can children can be uh, can children be educated in other ways mm-hmm. and with other organizations and uh, use the technology in a way that you know it's kind of distributed model. That, you know, children doesn't come to school, but school goes to the children. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put it up, upside down or other way around. Mm-hmm. So, those models. Uh, uh, maybe there's some some of the models already exist, but you know, uh, you know we have to think about the future education in a way that also out of the box that uh, that you know what are the models that huge number of children can be educated well, uh, still having kind of quality education, you know, and then technology basically can uh, can help us on this, but not in the old-fashioned the classroom model. Yeah. And uh, I have to say also that you know, in Finnish education, although I spoke about you know, the cost and the resources, and the, the, I said that so, so no no cuts in Finnish education. Uh, still, the Finnish education investments are not that much higher than average OECD level. You know that we don't invest uh, too much to education because money can't basically solve directly it. solve the, all the problems of yeah. education. Finnish education is very efficient model at the moment. So, uh, uh, with with quite modest amount of money, we will get uh, the best results out from the schools. Not the best of the world, you know, and some, you know, if you put even more and more money, you might actually get be- better results for a certain uh, part of your population, but not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, and also that uh, that methodologies, you know, in Finland, we have been putting a lot of emphasis on methodologies. We are still sticked on uh, school education. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you could actually put the same uh, innovation and technology and you know all the resources to invent also education system that fits also in big countries like Nigeria or Africa, where we can bring education more close to uh, children where they are and not bring children from long distances to, to school and fit them, to, uh, you know. And Old-fashioned education systems, mm-hmm. which were invented in 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 when those Christian schools or you know, uh, monastery schools started yeah. uh, you know, a long time ago, a long, yeah. long time, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the yeah. classroom teaching model mm-hmm. you know, that's created. So if we continue this path, I, I think uh, uh, it's doable. Mm-hmm. It must be doable. Otherwise, we are wasting uh, young, you know, children's and you know, young people's brains and their their lives. You know, uh, they they go the wrong uh, wrong direction. If they don't have education, they don't have work. They you know, the criminality will go up. And, uh, all the social problems will go up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we have to do something. Education is a tool, but you know, we have to be very creative, creative in in. The, Big countries like like, uh, like Nigeria, Nigeria and many other countries in Africa. Mm. So, what would you say is your hope for what education should be um, in this ECOWAS country or countries like Nigeria? What I say uh, quite many times here that you know, uh, for everybody who who make decisions on the resources, that you know that the huge number of of people, especially uh, young people in in uh, sub-Saharan Africa 
it's either the richness or it is really a, you know, a, a pro big problem. Depends, mm -hmm. you know, whether you educate them or not. Mm -hmm. So the whole continent actually depends, you know, if we educate. Uh, so I put my hope that now that uh, the presidents and the and the, and the, uh, ministers, especially ministers of finance, <laughs> will understand this. You know, I think the ministers of education already understood, but you know, it's other ministries and the other decision making makers also understand, you know, that uh, the investment must be done. And uh, yeah. I think you know it's also uh, we have to remember that you know educating girls we are also controlling uh, uh, the, uh, the growth of the population. Mm -hmm. That's the most efficient way of controlling uh, uh, birth rate is is to educate uh, uh, girls, so they have something else than getting married. Mm -hmm. So uh, they have the working life as well. So that works mm -hmm. definitely. Mm. So think of education if the for the finance minister for people think of education not as a cost and not as uh, one of the costs you incur, mm. but as a necessary investment, mm. um, which sort of brings us back to how we started the conversation. Mm. Think of education as a necessary investment mm. um, if you're going to achieve your objectives as a nation. Mm. Okay, so my final question uh, okay. is what we ask all of our guests mm. um, on the show. What's your favorite holiday destination? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have, I have to say at the moment, it's my home in Finland. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm living here in, in Nigeria. So it, uh, I, I need to go back to home every now and then. Okay. Uh, I'm planning to go to home after one week. So uh, it's, it's lovely to go. Uh, uh, when I was at home, uh, one of my destinations, favorite destination was uh, Cape Town in South Africa. Okay. I lived in Cape, uh, South Africa for a couple of years and uh, I lost my heart to Africa and also <laughs> to Cape Town. It's a really beautiful uh, yeah. area. So it's one of the most beautiful towns in the world. Yeah. But at the moment, as I say, no, I'd rather go to home. <laughs> <you> know, <the> <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for making time to have this conversation. Yes. We know you're very busy. So we're very appreciative. We've taken quite a lot um, away from this conversation on the importance of change and i don't think that conversation has been had a lot right that the focus might not be on the standardization of the mm. content so much but mm. more on the teachers if you mm. make the teachers competent enough mm. then you might not need to standardize exactly. the content mm. um, a lot more second bit is which a lot of people talk about but never actually when you see the actions they take education is an investment it's not a cost mm. um, a lot of people say it but when you see their actions you don't mm. you I don't think they believe it. But education exactly. is really an investment and not a cost. So thank you so much for that. That that changes, um, and I hope for the for the listeners also um, how we view and how we think about um, the evolution of education in different parts of the developing nation. We know education is a panacea to solving poverty, to solving some of the criminalities and everything mm. we see. And hopefully, we, the work we're doing would push that a bit forward. Thank you. Thank you very much.